If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're here. It is Tuesday night. It is June 6th, 2023, the year of our Lord. And I got some watermelon. Uh, first watermelon of the season. It's dynamite. It is watermelon season. Uh, so get after it. I'm going to eat this last bite. It's the last time you hear me eat in your ear. And then we're going to get after it. So first and foremost, I have to apologize right off the rip. Um, because Sunday I spent the, spent the day fishing with my kids, um, which was, it was good, right? It was good. Good time. We went out fishing Sunday was Marvin Hemeyer day and we missed it. We missed Marvin Hemeyer day. Um, so I owe you, I owe you all an apology. And if you wonder, if you're wondering who, uh, my man, Marvin Hemeyer is, let me remind you, he is. Uh, was a, was a small business owner. He was a welder and a mechanic, and he was a was a man, a reasonable man who was forced to do unreasonable things. And uh, if you're still not sure who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the owner, operator, and creator of the Killdozer, my man Marvin Hemeyer. Um, if you're not familiar with the Killdozer, you you're in the right place or you're in the really wrong place. Uh, if you, you're either about to go, go to school or about to lose you entirely. Um, so very, very 10,000 foot cursory view to the killdozer. My, my man Marvin had, uh, was caught up in a, a land lawsuit back and forth with, uh, the County that he lived in, in Colorado, I believe, Jake, I believe this was a Colorado thing. And, uh, basically one of those imminent domain style situations where, if you guys aren't aware, just Daddy Dale Pluck, just sit down. Let me tell you how the world works. If you don't pay your taxes on property that you own and you don't do that long enough, um, somebody else can come and buy it. And all they have to do is, at least in the state of South Carolina, they have to pay the back taxes. And then you can't come and claim the land for another year afterwards. So Jake owes $6,000 in back taxes. It goes up on a on a county land sale. I buy it. I pay the six thousand dollars, and as long as Jake doesn't show up in the next year and claim the land and pay the the taxes back, and I get my money back, then I get that. Which sometimes, oftentimes, you can get a steal, literally, of land um, or property or whatever, just for pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. It is 100% worth doing and looking at. I look every year around my area. Um, you just often get outbid by land um, acquisition companies and stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So Martin was in one of these things where he was going to buy a piece of property and the county um, basically forego or forewent, foregone, foregoed, forewent, uh, bypassed. We'll go with that. All of these necessary things. Uh, and awarded the land back or the the property back to the original owner, even though by rule of law, my man Marvin had it had it dead to rights. It should have been his. So 
He sues. It's a big, it takes years. And then he ultimately loses it. Well, in the meantime, he goes and he either had or acquired one of the big old Komatsu uh, commercial bulldozers. And he welded, I think, was it three quarter inch or inch thick steel the whole way around it and basically turned it into a tank and then took it right down Main Street um, of the town that he lived in in Granby, Granby, Colorado, and did about $13 million worth of damage, destroying buildings, cars, everything in between. And then ultimately, um, the SWAT team converged on the killdozer. And um, did he kill himself? Jake, he killed himself, did he not? He killed himself before the SWAT team got in there. I think there's I think there's stuff out there saying that he didn't kill himself and the SWAT team killed him, but that would be incorrect. He killed himself. Um, and we know this because he left the, um, a bunch of audio tapes on why he was going to do it, what he was going to do, and how it was going to end. So that 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 did happen. All right. So Kill Dozer Day was on Sunday. We missed we missed that. So um, there you go. Yep. Got stuck, blocked in by an excavator, and killed himself when it was all done. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy story. Um, maybe one day. We'll see. I don't know how to drive a bulldozer. <laughs> I'm not a, big, not a big heavy machinery guy. Um, Adam says, what's up, Dale? We're back in Canada finally. Yes. I, listen, I, you're you're absolutely right. I What was this, six months ago? I declared Canada dead. I think it was right around Christmas. I said Canada was dead. The UFC's never going back. Um you know, mostly because of Koof and the in the Vax, if you will. Um, but here we are, man. It, it it's going down. So either everybody got exemptions, or uh, you know that everybody that's fighting on this card got the clot shot. You can deduce from this whatever you want. You can deduce from this whatever you want. Although I will say this: your medical history is your private medical history, and between you and your doctor. All right. So we had Killdozer Day on Sunday, and then. Um, what was yesterday, J Jake? Yesterday was a day of importance, was it not? What was what was six five? Nothing. Nothing. Well, six six is important. We know that. Um, those of you who are unaware, I, I I just I speak this because I hope you guys are aware. But uh, if not, hopefully this will be the thing that that schools you to it, right? Uh, today's the anniversary of D Day, and it's a it's a day that we take serious in my house. Uh, Jake, I know it's a day that you take very seriously, at, le at least in the sense that it's a day of remembrance. It wouldn't be a day we didn't stop, pause, and reflect on uh, the sacrifices made by by those uh, <clears throat> by those guys that day and ever and you know the days preceding and the ones after. Okay, um, I'm not going to get bogged down on soppy world war stories. Watch Band of Brothers if you want to. That's on you. Um, you should. It's good anyway. Jake, are you a Band of Brothers or a Pacific guy? Because Band of Brothers is more... You like Pacific? Nah, it's, it's like it's going back and forth. Yeah. Um, on this day in June 5th, 1981, the first cases of AIDS are reported. And 1978, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, here, here's a conspiracy for you. Here's a, just, we'll just get right into it. We already talked about the Koof once, so let's talk about the gremlin himself, the little master craftsman, uh, 
Tony Fauci, uh, that guy worked at Merck, M-E-R-C-K, and it is rumored that Mr. Fauci brought AIDS to the United States um, and introduced it willingly, unwillingly into the population as a form of what they thought was going to be at the time a culling of the uh, homosexual population just in time for for uh, Pride Month. Jeez, we're just really just tying all these threads together, aren't we, Jake? <laughs> just really bring them all together. So there is an audio recording that exists. I don't have it here because I wasn't planning on getting here, uh, but we can... We'll see if we can't link it in the show notes. Uh, there is an audio tape of Fauci talking where he was illegally recorded, where he's talking about bringing AIDS to the United States. Now, whether or not this is true, I don't know. This was, this was, you know, before my time, and I have no way of verifying. I'm not an audio video expert, as you guys tell me all the time, especially when it comes to talking about the moon landing. I don't know if it's real or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting. It is interesting. So. Um, and then we, we talked about today being D-Day. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to give you guys the five, my like five high confidence bets for UFC 289. Now for the last two plus years, been breaking down every single fight, every fight, every card in and out. Full disclosure, that was way easier and a lot more fun when there were two people on the screen. And that's just not the case. And we're at a year of that happening. And um, yeah, so it is what it is, right? So we're not, we're not, I, I'm just, like I, like I said, when we had Johnny on last week, bro, there's people that are sharper out there than me when it comes to betting. Now I'm smarter than all these buffoons combined. You know, I mean, I'll go. I'll go test for test, circle for circle on an IQ test with any of these dudes. Although I did see somebody on the uh, MMA Twitter sphere just graduated law school. But, I mean, we all know they're curving those grades. Now, anyway, so maybe he's not very smart. We don't know. I, I But I'll put myself up there with anybody. So I'm going to give you my five best bets for each event. Uh, ones that I have high confidence in. Ones that I feel better about than others. And that's going to kind of be the extent. Well, obviously... Everything's going to stay focused around MMA, but I'm not breaking down every fight anymore. I'm just not going to do it. There's people that are better at it than me. Uh, if you want to drop your stuff in the chat, I'll we'll obviously share it. I'll read it out loud so the audio people get it as well. If I'm always willing to talk about the fights, I'm just not going to come into this every time with 15 breakdowns ready to rock and roll. That just ain't it. So, uh, Jake, if you give us first best bet of the evening, that's going to be that Blake Builder money line. Blake Biller coming to this bad daddy at eight and oh, <clears throat> taking on. I mean, if we're just going to be honest here, taking on Kyle Nelson, who Kyle Nelson is on this card because he's Canadian, and that's it. Kyle Nelson talks big game every time. I think there was like a point in time in our lives where Kyle Nelson put on a performance against somebody that we were like, "Yo, this dude might, he might have it. Like he might, he might be." Like a, I don't know, like a poor man's grinder, blood and guts kind of deal. But but that's just really not it. I I look back through, I watched everything. I don't really know where I've ever felt like Kyle Nelson was that dude before, right? Um, 
I really, I really don't. I don't know where that came from. I think I was on him against Jai Herbert because Jai Herbert just sneezes too hard and he goes to sleep. I think I was on him there. Uh, and then Polo Reyes, I believe I was on him there, and he beat Polo Reyes. So maybe that reaffirmed it. But all the same, doesn't matter. He's going up against a uh, undefeated monster in Blake Builder. And Blake Builder hits like a truck, and he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, and just truth be told, this is a this is a showcase spot for him. They did not give Kyle Nelson any favors here by letting him fight um, fight out the extent of his contract. He's got he's coming off two straight losses. He's lost like five out of his last six. Saying it, uh, Blake Builder is going to sleep him in one way or another in front of his friends and family. Like you're going to hear Kyle Mom's Nelson screaming in in, in section 102 row C because uh, her baby's going to sleep. Like that's a thing that's going to happen. Uh, so Blake Builder minus 235. Yes, Dale, that's super juicy, but we're not about that. We're talking about things where high confidence. Blake Builder money line is a high confidence play here, and one that you should feel relatively rest assured uh, is a, you know, set it and forget it as far as parlay pieces go. One of the things um, that I want to talk about not doing it anybody any favors, uh, Jake, I don't know if you saw this today or not, but Chris Weidman is coming back after their horrific leg break uh, against Uriah Hall. What was that, like three years ago, two and a half years ago? He's coming back, and he's going to fight again. Now, he posted a, a clip of him on Twitter, and full disclosure, it is four seconds long. He just says, guess who's back? He does like a little shadow combination, and then I think a kick. I think he throws a kick. Um, I've... I've been around people with TBI, like that have had TBIs um, and, and heavy concussions. And um, like, I'm just, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and say what's going to lean. <laughs> <Let's> just, <laughs> we're just going to lean into this one. Um, so I met Matt Hughes a couple of years ago. Now, Matt Hughes has been hit by a train, literally was hit by a train. Okay. Now, if you haven't seen Matt recently, um, he got hit by a train. So he's got a little bit of the stuff wrong with him. Like the brain doesn't work all the way together. It damn near killed him. Now, how he got hit by a train is a mystery to me because you kind of know where they're going to be um, because, you know, they're on a track. So I, it takes a certain type of special to get hit by a train. Anyway, uh, my man got crushed. Uh, the TBI is real and he he's he he's a little shaky um and he walks like with the like the one foot um you know the the kickstart the the dirt bike he's got that going on um look all I'm saying is Chris Wyman posted that video and I thought it was Matt Hughes now I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that Chris Wyman got hit by a train but uh, if if you guys don't remember, Chris Wyman's been was getting the shit kicked out of him for a couple of years prior to um, the leg break, getting knocked out, getting hit real hard. Vitor Belfort, um, you know, prior to the Wyman reversing tables on him, damn near decapitated him. Um, he's there. A lot has happened to Chris. A lot has ha happened to Chris's brain, and um, he's ha also had a couple neck surgeries as well. And he's coming off a huge layoff, and the dude should have retired to begin with. Anyway, 
10,000 words where 100 will do. He reminded me of like a super banged up TBI, like full-time issue here. Um, I, 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 he reminded me of Matt Hughes. I think it's unhealthy. I, I think this is going to be a really bad, not that Brad Tavares is like a, is like a, a Polynesian Mack truck, but, but Brad Tavares isn't a slouch. And yeah, he doesn't have like one punch, go to sleep power, but I don't think you need it against a guy like Chris Wyman. They're going to let Chris Wyman fight in Boston and it's going to be really bad. Like this is a bad look for the sport. I'm just, I, I, I feel like this, we're going to walk away from this going who sanctioned that this is bad. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I just, I, uh, Throwing it out there and to tie this back into betting yet again, uh, Brad Tavares obviously is going to be a max play. And th- those of you, because some some know it and some don't, um, with, with all the people that are doing betting breakdowns and all this stuff that are out there now, a lot of people wonder how guys like um, like Ian Parker, right? Shout out Ian Parker. Uh, a lot of people wonder how Ian Parker, like who, who and how and what, because, you know, he's pretty hit and miss and he loves to play super juiced up parlays. Um, but Ian Parker got his, like Ian Parker was Chris Weidman's manager and managed quite a few, uh, fighters way back in the day. And I'm not talking like Chris Weidman when he got knocked out by Jacare manager. Um, I'm talking about Chris Weidman beating Anderson Silva manager. Like the dude's been around for a long, he's been, he's been big in the fight game, which obviously that got him his, uh, that helped open the doors for a lot of things. And him and Anik were neighbors or very close neighbors. Uh, so the, you know, the fight game continues to run together. And then obviously uh, Kenny Florian and everybody over at ESPN and Anik obviously worked for ESPN and all this other stuff, dude, it, it's just a who, you know, kind of thing. But uh, just anyway, to tie it all back together, because people listen to Ian Parker and they're like, where the hell did this guy come from? That's that's where he came from. So now you know. It's the more you know. So Chris Weidman, uh, we're gonna fade big time uh, in Boston, and um, yeah, that's it's all bad news. All right, Jake, give us best bet number two for three years. You guys have heard me fade Benil Darius. Now I'm going to allow some wiggle room here. Obviously, you know, you, uh, I don't expect you to tell me blindly, but let's go into the idea of superstition here as well. Cause it's something I, I've been wanting to talk about anyway. Um, I have bet against Benil Dariush for time and memoriam. I've, I've never been sold on him. Um, I I've always thought that he just, he shows up, he's really sloppy, and yeah, the Jits background is what it is, but I've always been a bit, I've admittedly, I mean, the tape, the, the receipts exist. I've been a Benil Darius hater for as long as anybody's been a Benil Darius hater. Um, but if there's one form of hatred that has, or yeah, we'll go with, not on hate, but lack, lack of better way to put it, if there's a fighter that I've doubted more than I've doubted Benil Darius in for longer, it's Charles Oliveira. I continually fade Chucky Olives. I I know that we initially the the rapport was is the, the gas tank was bad. He didn't have any heart. He was he didn't have any grit. Um, but he's kind of turned it around, man. A lot of people, you know, are are really singing his praises. He's really turned into like a certified star the last three four years. So we got to give him his due here. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Damn it. 
did not know this. Is this true? It's not his first kid, though, right? It's not his first kid. He has kids. It's first kids that we're worried about. It's first, it's firstborn. Um, oh, man, I hope that's not his firstborn. We're gonna, we're gonna flip this whole thing. Um, damn it! I hope that's not the case. We'll have to figure it out. Second kid. All right, cool. We're good. No, we're, we're riding. Benil Dariush, money line minus one forty-five. Um, the one thing that Charles has not seemed to ever figure out. At least he hasn't figured out yet. Maybe he's continuing to get better. I don't know. But the one thing that he has not figured out yet is how not to get hit. He gets hit every fight. Like we talk about, um, like not quite to the level of Julian Arosa, but we do say, like, he's going to get hit. He has to survive the storm. Whenever the storm gets there, he has to wave through it. Now, to his credit, more often than not in the last five years or so, he has been riding that storm and coming out on top. Benil Dariush, on the other hand, yeah, he got rocked by Drakkar Close, but he's been in, he's literally, despite being a little bit older, um, looks like he's getting better each and every fight. Cardio doesn't seem to be an issue with him. And I think the Jits game of Oliveira will probably cancel out, probably cancel out. Now, I know the BJJ nerds will get in, in the weeds here about the difference between, you know, Jits with a gi on versus no gi and, and the application of both in terms of, um, you know, MMA and things of that nature. And obviously Charles Oliveira having the most submissions all the time, you're going to say, well, it's probably the guy we should listen to when it comes to talking about that kind of stuff. And it is, it certainly is. Uh, but I, I think that the foreknowledge of gi or no gi with Benil Dariush will kind of even that out. So we worry about the knees to the body upon entry because Benil does like to clash in. Uh, much like we saw with the old or with the Poirier fight, um, anytime he got distance, he would almost eat a shot. Uh, he would crowd a hook, kind of take it a little bit, and then you know tie plum and start throwing knees up the middle. Very real thing with Benil Dariush that will be available to him there. Um, Dariush has to get the jab going, and obviously he's got the missile for the right hand. So that being said, with with the jujitsu game essentially being canceled out, I'm going to take the guy with one punch knockout power, and that's Benil Dariush. I like that money line there at minus 145. Now, superstition aside, um, or leaning into superstition rather, I have never bet on Benil Dariush before, and he consistently beats me. I am now going to bet Benil Dariush. So if you're a superstition guy, or girl, not that there's girls here, but um, if you're that, this is your opportunity. Read the tea leaves however you want here and um, go from there. Go from there. So read the tea leaves. Oh, gosh, where the hell? Where did I come up with that? I mean, I, didn't, I know I didn't come up with reading tea leaves. What the hell, Jake? Unbelievable. What do you think? What What do you think's more nonsensical? I'm interested to know. What do you think would be more nonsensical? Like the people that threw the bones down, like oh, let's see what the bones look like, and they throw the bones down, or the people that do tea leaves. Like both of those are like. Here we get this. We're we're, we're shitting on other people's beliefs here. Um, <laughs> both of those are the silliest, dude. They're so silly. They're so silly, and it's so open to interpretation. Um, I, I, 
<laughs> also like the like what was it the Greeks did? They would get they would they would like go and steal pretty girls from not steal, but they would acquire the elders would acquire pretty girls from uh the villages and then they keep them up all hopped up on hallucinogens and all kinds of stuff, keep them high all the time and use them for oracles. So um it's in the bones for memes, but never tea leaves. Yeah, tea leaves are a thing too. Tea leaves are a thing too. Shout out to uh anybody who uh who's ever dated a girl that drives a Nissan. Those are the those are the those are the people that are gonna be very familiar with tea leaves, chakras, energies, and horoscopes. <laughs> that's that's for you guys. That's for you guys. Um so although I've I, I have no firsthand experience with that as I've been married for coming up on two decades now, but, uh, enough of you degenerate friends of mine have, uh, are on like your second, third and fourth wife or variant thereof. And, um, I've heard all your stories and I'm, uh, an astute studier of people. And I see what kind of people get out of those cars and, uh, the, definitely the chakra, chakra folks, energies, vibrations, whole world's vibrating Dale. all you gotta do is just tap into the right frequency and everything opens up for you everything opens up um speaking of open up let's open up that third best bet jake eric anders money line plus 130 what what first of all first time ever i think we've been able to show just go ahead and say eric anders without some somebody going anders <laughs> thankfully Thankfully, and if you know somebody that says Anders, uh, love them enough to tell them that they're wrong there. It's Eric Anders. I've been on the Eric Anders one foot in, one foot out thing for a while now. Uh, Mark andre Barrio still has some tread left on the tires. But he's a brawler. He's a brawler that's going to try to mix in some wrestling, maybe. I, I don't know what he I don't know what he offers Eric Anders here. I feel like Eric literally has him matched or better everywhere with the exception of proper hand position um, when punching because Anders throws everything low. Everything's real down low, but it's mostly because he's built like he's holding on to stuff all the time. Um, Barrio's nice and tight and in the pocket, but he's so hittable and Eric Anders hits hard. He's not, I don't, I don't see him really doing much takedown wise here. Um, and, and I would imagine, I would imagine when this fight got announced, if you were on the Barrio side, you thought in your brain that that line was going to open wider. You're like, oh man, I'd love to play power bar here, but I don't know if I'm going to get the number I like. So you should be salivating at this. The fact this line isn't wider should have you nervous. Well, the reason why that is, is because Eric Anders has better strength of competition. He's as physically strong, if not more physically strong. Um, and... He basically cancels out Mark Andre everywhere. Uh, so I'm on Eric Anders' money line here. Now this is this is a plus money play. Uh, so unit management is key. Mind your P's and Q's. And um, you know, just manage accordingly. Manage accordingly here. Uh, but I'm on Eric Anders' money line. Eric Anders' money line. All right. So we talked about Chris Weidman coming back. We talked about superstitions. I want to talk to you about something real quick. Jake, did you see UFC Salt Lake City got announced and it is going to be the rematch between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje? Now, 
Why this gets spicier and why we're going to talk about it right now is that Dana White said the BMF belt will be on the line, which we were told by Dana White, who always tells the truth, we were told was going to be a one-off thing. They were doing it one time for Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, um, which nobody really understood why those two would have been chosen for that um, to begin with, but it is what it is, right? The BMF's getting dusted off, or they're creating a new one, right? Creating a new one um, for Gaethje and Poirier. Probably more succinct as far as who you had in mind whenever the, the idea of a BMF belt was being tossed around. That's probably who you were thinking of, one of those two. People are upset by this. The purists, if you will, the purists of our sport are upset. They don't like gimmicks. Cheapens the sport, right? I don't like gimmicks. I don't want anything to do with these gimmicky fights. BMF stupid. Just have them fight for a real thing. Make more weight classes. I've said all of these things. But here's here's the truth of it. This, this is what's going to hurt you, right? In your brown eye. This is what hurts. We aren't a serious sport yet. We're just not. There's no governing body over the entirety of all the, of all the leagues. We have state athletic commissions that oversee events, but there's no there's no continuity. There's no continuity of product. There's no continuity of competition, um, and there's no continuity of quality. So you don't have anything owed to you. And this is a promotion, and the fighters are employees. So as much as we would love to masquerade at times, like this is a legitimate sport in the practice of it, maybe, but in the regulation of it, in the oversight of it, it's not. So you can make gimmicky stuff. Now, that being said, lean into the gimmicky stuff. I think we should lean all the way into it. And I know there's like the jokes about we should have a steroid league, like let everybody juice up till their heart's going to explode and then let them fight to the death. There's a time and place for that. I'm sure power slaps a thing. So yeah, I'm sure we can do that at some point. But the truth of the matter is this, is that fighting is as primitive of a competition as ever was from the very beginning, right? Dude, the first the first time anybody had a disagreement in the Bible, they killed him with a rock. That's the first time. Like literally fighting has existed from the very beginning. People were like, I don't like this. We have a difference of opinions. We should settle this with violence. Sweet. Let's do that. And then supposedly if I win, that means I'm right and you're wrong. Yep. Yep. Have you ever watched? Have you ever? Dude, do you, you see the last duel? Did you see the last? Duel with with um Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I had to look this up because I didn't believe it was a real thing, but it's a real thing. It used to be in ancient medieval Europe, in in this instance France. Um, what would happen is is you could legitimately trial by combat, and supposedly God would decide somebody's guilt or innocence based on whether or not they won the fight. Bro, I thought trial by combat, and this, as a history person, this bummed me out. I feel like maybe I knew it, and then I didn't. Um, I thought like trial by combat was just like a, like a meme-y, um Game of Thrones kind of thing, right? Like I I demand trial by combat. I really just thought it was like something for the movies. I really didn't think it was like a real implicated practice, but it was. 
It was. So anyway, I say all that to say that fighting has been like this from the very beginning. It's always been a gimmick. It's always been a gimmick. Hell, half the fights you saw in high school and college and all those stuff was one little guy getting mad and wanting to fight a big guy despite of various skill sets or this, that, and the other, or two big dudes deciding who's who's going to be the most bad, and then they just go after it. But the whole thing that sells it is the conflict. The conflict is what sells it. Weight classes be damned. Skill levels be damned. It's the, it's, it's the conflict that sells it. So you have two people that want to fight each other. What do you care what the stakes are? Why do you care what the stakes are of a conflict? They're going to fight. You get to enjoy the violence. I don't what do what, what does it matter if they're fighting for a BMF belt or no belt or whatever? Like who who if that was important to them, they would stand for it. They would be the ones that draw the line and say this, that, and the other. But truth is, is that you're they're employees of a corporation. And if they said they're gonna fight for the monster energy prime periwinkle cup, that's what they're gonna fight for. Um, I mean, that's 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 what that's what it's gonna be. Um, have you heard about the German trial by combat divorce type deal? There's no way. So you could fight your old lady, man, that's pretty wild. That sucks for her. Well, some big German broads out there though, you know, um, oh, the man's buried up to his waist. <laughs> he gets a club. <laughs> So imagine this. Imagine you and your you and your old lady split up. <laughs> you go to the judge, and the judge is like, "All right, man, she wants the house." Like, man, that's my family farm. It's been in my family for a you know two hundred years. Well, she you know she's entitled to half. Be like, nah, bro, I got to fight her for it. All right, cool. Let's go out to this field. They bury you up to your waist, and they give you a stick, and they're like, "If she can kick the shit out of you, she gets your she gets your farm." And this lady's literally fighting you, knowing you, that if she beats you, she gets a farm, dude. Oh, man, that's unbelievable. That's absolutely unbelievable. You know what? We should bring it back. I, I'd be for it. I, I would be for it. If you brought that back, I would be for it. Um, Because, I mean, well, I think, think about it in the instances like domestic violence situations, right? Dude, there's no way. All right, for those of you that can't see this, there's a uh, medieval drawing of a man buried up to his waist. And um, what was the um, what was the move in WWE? Was it the Cobra Clutch? Where he sits on the back and he pulls the head like that? Was it the Cobra Clutch? I can't remember. Damn it. I should know that. I'm, I used, I'm, I'm upset. There's certain the people that are gonna be upset that I don't know that. Um, but anyway, it's a man buried up and it, dude, that doesn't look like a damn stick. That looks like a like a cudgel of some sort. That looks like a culling instrument. Um, or maybe even a, a lance. And she's got him knee to the shoulder blades, cobra clutch style, bending him backwards. Um, that's intense. That's that's really intense, man. Hmm. I like that. We should bring that back. We should bring that back. I'm cool with it. Thanks for sharing that, Jake. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, dude, that's a definite, that's a definite thing. I, that got me so off topic. How the hell did we even get there? I have no idea. Doesn't matter. All right. Number four, best bet of the evening. Best bet of the evening. Nate Landwehr versus Dan Ige inside the distance at minus 135. Now, this is a bet on Nate Landwehr to do Nate Landwehr stuff. That's all this is. He is so crazy and so over the top and so hell-bent on becoming a superstar. He's going to kill himself trying to, you know, uh, trying to get Dan Ige out of there. And Dan Ige is nice and cool and calm and just so smooth with it that if Landwehr gets sloppy for even a minute in trying to do so, Dan Ige is going to knock him out because we we Nate Landwehr is tough, but he's not unfinishable. Um, so while he got some dog in him, he can still be put down. Uh, and Dan Ige can do it. Now, you say, well, Dan Ige, Dale, Dan Ige is really uh, – you know, really technically sound, notoriously durable, historically durable. Are you sure about this? Well, Nate Landwehr said um, that he's not leaving Canada without being a superstar. So I trust Nate Landwehr to put himself either in a position to win a fight or Danny put himself in a bad position to, for Danny Ige to win. And uh, if Danny Ige can finish you, he certainly will. He, he is not shy of a finish come fight time. So inside the distance for Nate Landwehr versus Dan E, minus 135, you can go under two and a half and get yourself really close to plus money, depending on what your book is at. So I'm just going to buy the extra two and a half minutes. All right, Jake, I'm glad you brought up that, that tab and we got to experience some of that, right? Did you see the Apple headset announcement? Yeah, yeah. So those of you who aren't aware, um, forget Google Glass. That's not a thing anymore. We've got this Apple, I don't even know what they call it. It's like a spatial computing headset, right? So um, it it's the, it's the shit that nightmares are made out of, if we're going to be honest. Um, it's already bad enough. It's already bad enough that we sit there like this most of the time. And if you're not doing this, you're watching one of these or, you know, TVs, like the blue light exposure is already through the roof. Um, and the constant influx of interweb jo just jargon and nonsense is just plastered all over. It's embedded in your DNA strands at this point. This looks like a pair of snowboarding goggles that goes over and it basically projects your like your computer and monitor overlays over the world and you can do like this the, the iron man shit where you pull it in and out and they keep showing the thing where you just where your fingers or whatever which is interesting to me because i'd encourage you if you haven't watched it on amazon there's a show called peripheral where they're operating sims and this is how they they like turn and amplify things is you just use your fingers somehow you have this freaking finger thing that does everything well apple apparently knew this already um art imitates life uh so often they tell us in movies what they're going to do in real life let me pause on that for a second so often in movies they tell us what they are going to do in real life 
outbreak contagion world war z um anyway it's a whole bunch of shit coming down folks um EMPs. I'm just gonna. I just want to stop here for a second. EMP is gonna be the problem. We'll we'll get into EMPs on another show. EMPs are gonna be an issue. Um, so prepare for that. Just I'm not. That's not doom and gloom. That's not get six six months supply of food and all that. I'm not telling you to do that. I've been telling you to buy guns and ammo and all and water purification and all this i've been telling you to do that for years i'm not gonna keep doing that uh but i think em i think they're they're harping on emps they're harping on emps and they're harping on aliens and the reason why they're harping on aliens is twofold right there's there's a twofold reason hell there's a fucking 88 fold reason if we want to get into all of them but the, the reason why they harp on this stuff and the reason why they're rolling this out is because the EMP threat is going to come from them. They will do that. The pejorative they will be the ones that detonate the EMP, but they're going to blame it on aliens, which is the dumbest thing that a human being has ever said out loud. But this is this is where 2023 has brought us, right? They are pushing the alien thing so hard. And at this point, we'll get into it on another show, but I don't believe in alien. I don't think aliens are real, but the... They're pushing the alien thing so incredibly hard because they, they're getting ready to roll out the EMPs. And they're going to, I don't think it's going to be one big nationwide blackout EMP. I think we're going to see small calculated attacks. Atlanta, Kansas City, uh, smaller, smaller mid-level towns, Billings, Colorado Springs. Santa Fe, things like that. And they're going to roll out the MP and they're going to shut down the power. And the reason why they're going to do that is it'll allow them to test out the idea of food rationing, martial law, um, resource conservation, all of that. And they're going to blame it. They'll blame it on unknown UAPs, right? Because they're not UFOs anymore. They're UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Whatever, man, whatever, you know? Jake, we let that we let we let that fucking Chinese balloon float over our entire country, taking pictures. Oh, he's disabled. It wasn't accurate. We we knew from the very beginning. Listen, this is what they say. We knew from the very beginning what it was, and that it wasn't going to work, and that it, we had the signal blocked, and there was nothing they could do about it. Right. Um. That's, that's what they said. Okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, a small Cessna accidentally violates airspace over Washington, D.C. They scramble F-16s and shoot down a private passenger plane that unknowingly violated airspace. Guys, this just happened like day before yesterday. So I'm not just making up some shit. That had a guy, a lady, and a toddler on it. And they chased it out of airspace. And then somehow something happened to the plane and the plane crashed. They didn't shoot it down. No, no, they they weren't able to establish communication with it. Really? You reversed it. Uh, uh, 
you reverse hacked a Chinese weather balloon that was at, you know, nine miles altitude and were able to stop the feed from it, but yet you couldn't get in contact with this plane? Come on, man. You shot down a private plane with a dude, his wife, and kid in it. I'm, I'm not, I just, I can't, I'm not going to talk about Ruby Ridge. I'm not going to talk about Killdozer anymore. We're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about Waco. We're not going to talk about the Las Vegas. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff, but I'm telling, I'm telling you all this. If you think they care, if you don't, the government would never do that. They would never do that. Why would they do that? That's so crazy. We're the people. We'll just get them. No, no, no. Bread, circus, we're not doing shit. If we were going to do it, it would have already done. So at this point, just accelerate the whole, just just tilt the front of the plane into the ground and let's just figure it out once we get once we get there, what it looks like at this point. <sighs> anyway, UFOs. We talked about UFOs. Don't buy the headset. The headset is the plug into the matrix. Put your phone down. Get outside. Touch grass, as the kids like to say. Seriously, though, just don't buy that headset. Damn it, don't buy that headset. All right. Fifth and final best bet of the evening, producer Jake. Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana under three and a half at minus 150. That's what we've got. Amanda Nunez. Let me put it this way. Amanda Nunez needs to go out there and remove Irene Aldana's head from her shoulders. Or people are going to cry that she's overrated or that she needs to retire. Or both. Or both. Um, Austin says, are you still doing quick leans? If you have a fight you want me, if you want you want to answer to, bud, just throw it in the chat or um, do it like that. I'm, I'm not going to run through these. Um, all right. People will cry overrated. People will cry retirement if she doesn't murder Irene Aldana. It's the year of Mexican champions. We didn't get Henry Cejudo, which Henry was probably robbed there. Um, so technically, he's an American anyway. So that, I guess that doesn't count as a Mexican champion. So we get an, we get another Mexican champ this year. Is it Yair Rodriguez over Volk? Whoa! Or do we get Irene Aldana over Amanda Nunes? Dude, let, let's let's just assume for a second that Juliana Pena. Right, first week cardio kickboxing class hands. Um, Juliana Pena beat the shit out of Amanda Nunes. Now she's durable. She got that thick Venezuelan Easter Island skull that Amanda couldn't hurt. Irene doesn't have that. She got that slender cat lady build. Um, but bro, if Amanda Nunes throws everything a million miles an hour and tries to get her out of there, she she takes her lightly, which we've seen her do in the past. Irene Aldana, she's like I said, she got that cat lady body. She's all slick and sinewy and silky and moves in and out, bro. She played her with that. I think Amanda Nunes might go to sleep here. So um, I'm going to take violence. Violence on a women's fight seems unheard of. But Amanda Nunes, she just, I know she, this ain't Valentina Shevchenko, right? She's not putting together 25 solid minutes here against Irene Aldana. She's not going to do it. She just she's too close to checked out, and uh, she just she's coming off. You know, I know she won the rematch, but uh, she's coming off that ass whooping. So uh, I know it was fuck two two years ago. I don't care, bro. She got beat up and showed that if somebody can hang with her, all you gotta do is be able to hang. If you can hang with her, 
and withstand the power, right? Survive the storm. She, she ain't got nothing for you. She is a one trick pony. So Irene Aldana, Amanda Nunes, under three and a half, getting that at minus 150. Recap those best bets, five best bets for me for the evening uh, this Saturday, UFC 288. Blake Builder money line. Benil Dariush money line, Eric Anders money line at plus money. It's a dog I like. He'll fight for it. Ige Landweir inside the distance and Aldana Nunez under three and a half at minus 150. I'll end it with this. We uh, we had, I don't want to call it a robbery because it was a close fight. There's a difference between robberies and close fights. Um it's a very close fight, but one that I scored for Kai Kara France. As a person holding an Albazi ticket, I scored that fight for Kai Kara France. Um, everybody's upset about it. It's called for reforming in the judging yet again. Yet again, people are calling for reforming and judging. I don't know what the answer is. I put a poll up on the Bird app a couple hours ago um, asking, because it was a genuine idea that I had, uh, whether or not you thought AI, okay, I was totally robbed, yeah. Uh, whether or not you thought that um, if AI would help the judging situation, and the answers were uh, AI will fix the problem, no, we need humans, or maybe it could be a helpful tool. So the three scenarios in which that is broken down is we somehow advance AI to a, to the point where it is able to um, watch fights and determine data points as they're unfolding and give it the parameters that it is supposed to judge and weight and scale these things, right? You have to, you apply some sort of numeric or um, code-like value to significant strikes, takedown attempts, takedowns, defended, submission attempts, things of that nature. It has to know what it's watching. And then whether through that series of analytical inputs or something a little bit more interpretive, it determines the winner of the fight, which seems crazy, right? You, you say to yourself, that can't, that can't be a thing. Um, Jake, did you see the article that showed up at from the what was it the Royal Aeronautics Society conference this last week about the AI program uh, doing surface to air missile things? Did you see that? I have it. I'll pull it up. Yeah, I'll I'll pull it up real quick. Um, very fascinating stuff. So basically, what happened is that somebody created an AI program um, that was to test surface to air missile uh, missile defenses. Um, and I'll read you the parameters real quick. Let me wet the whistle. All right. It's noted that in a simulated test saw an AI-enabled drone tasked with, um, Jake, what's S-E-A-D? Is that seek, evade, and destroy? Seek, evade, and destroy is a C. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so S-E-A-D is a seek, evade, and destroy mission to identify and destroy SAM sites. So SAM, S-A-M, surface-to-air missile with the final no-go given by the human. So what we have is an AI program, an AI-enabled drone that's tasked with being as stealthy as possible and then going, identifying and destroy surface-to-air missile 
sites. Now, if you've watched the new Top Gun, which I know a lot of you guys are highway to the danger zone, folks. If you watch the new Top Gun, all that shit that was around the mountain that they were blowing up, those are SAM sites, okay? So now you have, an, you have a point of reference. All right. However, having been reinforced in training that destruction of the SAM was the preferred option, the AI then decided that no-go decisions from the human were interfering with its higher mission of killing the SAM site. <clears throat> it then attacked the operator in the simulation. Insane. Absolutely insane. It says you're interfering, so no. Says Hamilton, we were training it in a simulation to identify and target a SAM threat, and then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the human operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got its points by killing the threat. So what does it do? It kills the operator. It killed the operator because the person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. The computer at a certain point <clears throat> decided that it knew better than the person, the operator. <clears throat> Hamilton goes on. We train the system saying, hey, don't kill the operator. That's bad. You're going to lose points if you do that. So what does it start doing? It starts destroying the communication tower that the operator was using to communicate to tell the drone to stop. So it says, cool, I can't kill you. I'll kill the way that you talk to me. So that way I can do whatever it is that I want anyway. I've been using AI uh, at the recommendation of, of a listener of the show. I've been using AI to run Twitter, the show's Twitter account for two weeks now. AI does that. <laughs> it is so crazily scary. Um, it's bad. It's real bad. Here, here's the issue that we're going to have. Um, I'm just going to throw this out. I'll, I'll end with this last bit about AI. I don't necessarily think that AI will fix the judging problem. I think the people that need to be worried from an MMA perspective, all you nerds that have been emailing me and sharing your like AI bot computational things for the last few years, and there's a lot of you, a lot of you super nerds are literally putting every data inset you possibly can into a bot and it's running all these scenarios and then determining winners. And some sometimes things pretty freaking accurate sometimes, like over 60%. I don't think I've seen one that's below 60%. <clears throat> the people that need to be worried about this, the implications of AI are sports books. Like, like AI could ruin gambling. You, you guys should know that it should ruin it, it could potentially ruin gambling if you believe that there's free will in sports anyway it could potentially ruin it based on the level of analysis it will be able to provide such a high probability of outcome once it happens that the lines are going to be unplayable unplayable so you need to be worried about that the other thing you need to be worried about is if you're mick maynard or sean shelby or any of these guys that are matchmakers that's where AI, like we could bring AI in to do matchmaking tomorrow. And I think everybody would see like an increased love of fight cards that are put together by 
10, 15% across the board, regardless of the names that you saw lined up, regardless of the names that you signed up, if you had something that was able to systematically break down everything from skill sets to like, um, like media rating scores to what fans think about it, to visual IQs, to aesthetics, to what literally could implement every piece of data that you could possibly imagine, subjective or otherwise, and create the best fight. You'd be like, oh, dude, this card freaking sucks. We've got, uh, you know, we've got Ryan Hall versus, well, Ryan Hall is boring all the time. That's not, that's not a fun way to put it. But like all this shit where we talk about like, Sean Strickland versus Magomed Magomedov, or whatever this guy's name is. Dude, on paper, we'd look at those fights and be like, man, this thing's going to suck. But if you know that you had a five, you know, a, a $15 million supercomputer AI system putting together the statistical probability of the best fight humanly possible, and it pays out and it, it, it comes to, you know, fruition, I don't like 70% of the time, name value doesn't matter on cards at all anymore when you know the best possible product is being put out. Sean Shelby Maynard should be terrified of that. And the reason why I mentioned the nerds with their with their bot simulations is you guys are the precursors as far as data goes to create one of those. So if you want to become a billionaire, millionaire, whatever, if you want to become a millionaire, right? And all I ask is that you hit me up on Venmo after the fact. You want to be a millionaire? Here's how you become a millionaire. If you're a data guy or you're a programmer and you've got one of those AI bots that, you know, basic cursory uh, Excel sheet bots that are that are analyzing the data like that, be the first one to implement that into an AI system to, to provide matchups. Build this, the skill set of the parameters of what you want to get the base fights on, run everybody through that, and then have it match them up by weight classes. And then sell the model to the fucking UFC and become... A millionaire and um, kick your boy a little change, you know, get me UFC tickets, right? Like just Dana, I'll sell you this, but under two conditions, two conditions, right? You give me $20 million and then you give this guy Dale uh, tickets to every UFC event until he dies. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. So, all right. Um, that being said, we have two. Last thing, Jake. I know I keep saying last thing. This is legitimately the last thing. Uh, well, this and one more thing. We've got two women's science plays. Yep, go ahead and put those up. Two women's science plays. Irene Eldala money line uh, at plus 250. And then we've got Jasmine Jasudavicius at plus 260 as well. Now, you say, Dale, Miranda Maverick is a friend of the show. Are you betting against Miranda Maverick? No. I'm not, but Miranda Maverick is not on my list of women that should ever be rated higher than plus 250. So it's not that it's sticking to the core belief of women's science in that you see plus two, anything on a woman in a fight, you take it. So we got two of them. We're taking them. Somebody's going to hit. I think it's the year of the Mexican champion. Give me the silky El Pantera, the cat lady, Irene Aldana with the upset over Amanda Nunes, I believe is what we see. All right, we're rolling out. Uh, I will end with a small reading, Jake, and then you, we, yeah, we can roll. We can roll um, after that, dude. So you always want to know when we can go, right? Like it's always a thing. Like, I don't know when you're going to say that, that's it. 
when we're done here, we're done here. All right. I want to read something from uh, Private First Class Dom Bart, who was on the first wave uh, landing in Omaha Beach. In the faraway distance, I could hear the rumble of the artillery and the brr brr of machine gun fire. We didn't have a chance to fight back as we were dropped in the water over our heads. It was no one's fault as the entire beach was strewn with mines. With a stream of lead coming towards us, we were at the mercy of the Germans, and we had and we had all to do was reach ashore and recuperate. I floated around the water for about an hour, was more dead than alive, pulled myself together and sought a rifle, and around I went trying to locate my outfit. Didn't take long to spot them, and I was glad, but gracious Lord, what was left of them, just a handful, about 25 of 160. The battalion was almost wiped out, 800 casualties out of 1,000 men. Be good to each other. God bless you. We'll see you.